righty, let's do this thing. Hello, Rip City! To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful, beautiful, gray, not so wet or cold too much yet. It's uh, Saturday, the 14th of December. I am Keith Feltner-Smith. He is Ty Delbridge. What up? And you are listening to the Podland Trailcasters. And Ty, I have some questions for you. If people are looking to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where should they reach out to us? You can find us at Trailcasters. How about if they're looking to send us those emails, where can they uh, send those emails to? Then Trailcasters at gmail.com. And as always, if they want to give us those ratings on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us there. What are we always looking for? Five stars. Yes, sir. And these beautiful beats you can find from Odar at... SoundCloud.com slash Beats. And please always support your local artists as well as our sponsors, Envy Adventures. And clearly speaking, that you can find them at ENVIAdventures.com. Go and check out Corey and Envy Adventures. If for all of the sites around Portland, you can see the city, Mount Hood, the dunes, the gorge, anywhere that is looking beautiful, even at this time of year, as low as maybe 50 bucks when you find the right deal. Even when it is full price, it's only in the low hundreds. When you split that between you and a couple of friends, that is cheap, my friend. That is cheaper than most Blazer games you can go to, and it is probably much more relaxing than a Blazer game is right now. Likewise, if you need some help relaxing your vocal cords, like already I'm doing because I'm stoked and excited for our guests in here today, you can go and talk to Brenda over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. She can help you with all of your speaking needs. If you are uh, a podcaster, any sort of sales professional, anyone who uses their voice on a regular basis, this is probably beneficial to you. So check her out at clearlyspeakingoregon.com and enviadventures.com. Our guest today, you know him from his writing on Blazer's Edge, hosting the Blazer's Edge pod with friend of the show Tara Bone Big, shout out to her, host of Blazer's Outsiders. His first appearance on Trailcasters was back on episode 44, so long ago. And now I get to call this guy co-worker. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to the show, Danny Mirang. How are you, buddy? Yo, 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 how are you guys doing? Good, man, good. Thank good, you man. for uh, letting me get through my long opening monologue there. I am not too tongue-tied yet, but... Uh, well, listen, man, I, 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 uh, I don't know if you know <laughs> this, but I tend to go on rants, so I'm I'm perfectly okay with uh, with long-winded uh, monologues and speeches and things of, things of that sort. You? Ranting? I, I've, no. I've never heard of this. We this definitely did totally not fun. create a section on our show just solely for me to rant. That, did, that does never happen. Never happened. By the way, Danny Explains It All is the best graphic I've ever seen. <laughs> I love that reference. Big fan. <laughs> yeah, Joe, uh, Joe likes to work that in just so he can solely see the graphic. Ty, are you even old enough to remember Clarissa Explains It All? Do you remember that show? No, oh, but I don't. You, you, you child. Okay, I am I a child. <laughs> no, you are you are a, a child with a card van and a wonderful knowledge of the Blazers. I'm not dissing you at all, uh, but but no, I, I you knew the reference, so that's that's the important part to it, Danny. Your your show is speaking to multiple generations of audiences out there with uh with that graphic, and it's wonderful. Talk another throwback real quick before we get into some game review here. Did you guys, Danny? You probably actually knew this, but I did not know the origin of Mellow's three to the dome thing came from Sheed. Was this news to you, Ty, or was this, uh, am I the only one that this uh, was breaking no, news for? No, I did not know this. This was news for me, which is super cool thought, news to find out. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, they had one of those uh, kind of question and answer segments with Melo the other day, and they asked him where this came from, and he said, back in the day, Rashid Wallace hit a three in practice or something like that and just kind of started with that thing, and I guess Melo took it over at that point. Uh, oh, it's also known as theft. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's like Dennis so, Schroeder so, wrist tapping. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, so there so you there go. you go. 
so was this uh was this uh, this is something that I guess kind of comes full circle then with him back as a blazer now uh, bringing the three to the dome back here to Portland uh is that can we kind of claim this as a Portland thing then or was this maybe Sheed what 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 era of Sheed was this was this his uh his Pistons days I, 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 I don't know I, I it must have I mean like they weren't on a squad together wait no how long ago did he start doing this because She'd what? worked with the Knicks for a while. And I, I wonder in New York. Yeah, like that's the only time they would have been together because she wasn't with like Team USA and Mello wasn't with Detroit. Although if if you think about this, the Pistons could have had Mello and Rashid had they not drafted Darko. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Chauncey, right? And Billups was yep. in there already. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that team would have been loaded. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Oh yeah. So they probably run that one back pretty good uh, with a with a pretty stacked early on their team. They may not have uh, they may not have had the uh, same defensive pressure, but uh, offensively that team probably would have killed people. Oh yeah, because they would have had a little bit of that defensive pressure, and then they would have had the scoring power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things like you we, think about, like, it, like it's lost in the uh, what ifs, because that's that was, that's a likely possibility, right? Like, it's not yeah, like, yeah. it's not like something. It, it's it, it's just as likely as you know the Blazers taking Kevin Durant. Like, it, it likely could have <laughs> it could have happened. Like, in in some alternative reality, yeah. would you even want that alternative reality at this point? Like, would you have wanted Kevin Durant as a Blazer? I know knowing nev- what you know now. Even well, well, yeah, sure. The hindsight, absolutely. But I was. And remain steadfast. And Odin was the right pick yeah. for that team. Like it. No, I, I'm with you. Um, the only difference is, is how much they truly knew about Greg's leg. Like one leg being longer than the other. Like if they really mm. knew how bad things were. Yeah, well, I can see Devin Durant probably being the right choice there. But uh, that's my. I always like to work this one in. That team, if healthy. Brandon Lamarcus Craig is at least one ring. That's that. I, that's, oh yeah. That's my one take that I take to the grave. Um, Lock it in. That, that, I'm with you on that one. That that like 2011, 2012 season. You know, like that's probably when it's like, oh god, this team is terrifying. I will never no. forget them playing the Celtics, and Ray Allen was just talking junk to. Uh, Brandon and Greg and Greg just had enough of it and hip checked him out on the baseline into like the seventh <laughs> row um, and his mom was like sitting right there and his mom was like screaming at Greg for like don't do that to my baby <laughs> <laughs> but I remember him, Greg doing it so like what looked gently and Ray just getting air mailed and I was like that man is the biggest man I have ever seen in the NBA. Just oh, he was huge. just strength wise, like, and he was so quick. Yeah, that, that's what made it so ungodly disappointing was that he was so strong and so graceful. It was just like, mm, this is this is this hurts. So enough of that, though. God dang it. No, you know what? I got a tangent actually tying into that. Uh, we should come back to this one later as a, one of the would you rather's, uh, but. If, if we had had a ring there from those three, the the Aldridge, Roy, Odin era, if we had gotten a ring out of that, we probably don't get the pick that ends up in Dane. No. Would that be correct? Likely so that, not. I mean, I mean, yeah, it gets us the championship, but at the same time, like if if we 
it's still possible to get one in the future and, and that we wouldn't have Dame as part of this franchise. I just feel like that's an interesting kind we of We are in this thing there. to win championships. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, well, that's... that's. you agree with that, Danny? You, you wouldn't even consider Dame? I mean... Uh, I didn't I, say that. I didn't say we would consider it. I love Dame, but who is my favorite Blazer of all time? It's Brandon Roy. It's Brandon. So... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like and that's just like that's like a like a personal tie. Um, mm. That's a good point too. His legacy like, would have been totally different. Yeah, I mean, wow, interesting. Brand, if that happens, like Brandon's the greatest blazer of all time. Like yeah. realistically, yeah, like yep. like the, the one thing that holds anybody back against you know Bill, like the one like well Bill's got a ring, you know, yep. like the next one is well Clyde went to the finals. Like if Dame takes his <laughs> if Dame takes his team to the finals ever, he probably has enough chutzpah to pass up Clyde for sure. But yeah. in some people's mind, mostly the old heads, he's not going to pass up Bill. When in reality, it's like mm, I'm, I'm thinking Dame's probably a little bit more important than than Bill was right. at the time. So, but Bill does have the MVP. Always so. be about the rings. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm glad that we uh, got that. Mellow, uh, mellow history in there. Kind of a little walk down memory lane. Appreciate De- that. With a, derail the living hell out of that. All right. No, we're good. Hey, that's when the icebreakers form, man. Let's go a little more recent in the uh, in the history. Let's talk about the games last week. Not too closely because I don't really don't care to go into detail on some of these. Uh, in fact, the OKC game from last Sunday. I'm just going to admit it. That is fully out of my mind. I have erased that from my memory. Is there anything that stands out to either of you guys from that game? Uh, nope. I mean. Just they didn't they it was a game they should have won. It was a game they should be competitive in and they were for a little bit, but yeah, that's well, I don't know. Not a fun where, game. <laughs> here's where I'm gonna disagree. I don't think they should have won it. I don't think they should be competitive in it. Oh. And this is this is more of what you should get used to. <laughs> that's like I, I'm now uh, I, I'm more like if I'm more like taking that route now. Are, are you are you hopping that way? Okay, cool. Like I am trying to make as many converts to this as possible, and, and mostly mostly it's for my own selfish reasons. But the other part of it is like I, 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 I it almost hurts to see so many people like no 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 they'll get it they'll figure it out. It's like and I'm like, guys, as things sit right now, the likelihood of that is quite low. And I, like, well, when I see people put their faith into those things, it's like, <laughs> is that really what you want to put your faith in right now? Like, I don't know. No. Put your faith in like stocks and bonds. Like that's like that's I put my faith in like right with not betting on the Blazers. I now bet against them, and I've made a nice oh, chunk of change, which I'm is sorry. sad. I'm sad to say, but it's oh, no, what I've and been over-unders. doing. Over/unders, like just yeah. look at the opponent and be like. Okay, is this opponent like typically a high-scoring team that hasn't been scoring well lately? They're gonna get more than they usually get. Yep. Like legitimately, yep. That, that's how I've been betting on oh, this year. That's rough. Like, I, I have a hard time going full on against the Blazers on a bet. I can do like some of the prop bets, betting on like uh, like rebound totals or, or who's gonna kind of like score more like on one team versus the other. But just full on betting against the Blazers, how, your fan heart is dying inside. You know? <laughs> I know. And yes, but look, your I mean, wallet we, is growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we had a, we had a good healthy dose of uh, optimism last week with Matt George Moore on here. Shout out to him. So I'm totally fine with this. With uh, getting like getting down in the dirt, digging around with, with exactly what is going wrong with his team. And I will give you that. Yeah, that game against OKC. 
I, I, I mostly was telling Ty last week, too, that I was only going to wipe the road games from my memory this month. But that home game, it was just hard to hard to stick with. It was somewhat competitive in the beginning, but just fell apart fast. And Danny, I, I honestly got to kind of agree that we didn't really deserve to win that. We didn't show out well enough. And we're not doing that for really any of the games this week. You could say that the New York game uh, but I mean, ended in our, in our favor. It, the Knicks and the Warriors are like the exception. Yes, I know they lost the Warriors. Yeah. But like, <laughs> they're... They're so wretchedly bad that it's like the baseline that you get from Damon CJ should on like 99 out of 100 nights be enough to keep you from dealing with, you know, those two teams levels of just awfulness. But and here's the thing, like, I know people think that I'm like a pessimist or that I'm giving up. That's that's not the you? case. No. Well, no, no, here's the thing is like, that's not the case. Like, there was like, why don't you, you know, you need to stick by them and support them. I'm like, I'm, I'm supporting them. But here's the thing, like, it's, oh, you can be both not a pessimist and not optimistic at the same time. I'm just, I'm being realistic. Right. Like, be critical. like yeah. I look at this team and right now, until they make any moves, they are a very bad team. They're one of likely the five worst teams in the league. And they can't stop anybody. They have one defender on their active roster in Baysmore and he can't cover threes and fours all damn night. Well, he can't get by on defense without getting foul calls at this point either. I still yeah. haven't figured out what it is that he's doing so differently to get whistles on just the smallest ticky-tack stuff, it seems like. Well, hey, am he, I wrong? Does it seem like he's getting more of those than, than most players out there? I'll, I'll give you the reason why. He's the one guy who looks active on defense. Ah, yeah, because he's yeah. trying hard. He's it's, 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 trying it stands out. In, yeah. It contrasts can, can more against other guys. Like, the, the activity looks, like, more aggressive. And it is. Um... But like when I when I look at this team, I don't sit here and go, oh. If you watch the post game show, if you listen to the podcast or you read the right, like I'm not beating them up. I'm not. Oh, this team is the worst team ever. They're never gonna fix things. It's they're hurt. They suck. Like it's, yeah. it's like <laughs> I'm, they need to make moves. They said they needed to make moves coming into the season. Like that hasn't changed. Like it went from they need to make moves to actually like get something done to. They need to make moves, and even if they make moves, it's probably not going to be enough this season because they're missing all of their depth. So it's like, it, it's not a pessimistic point of view. It's like, here's what's going on. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. all it is. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to bring anybody down. I'm not talking about how this team's never going to figure it out. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things that's, it's really crappy because you don't normally see these kind of injuries pile up, you know? Yeah, it's it's a low point right now. No one can argue that. And and I think we again we were talking with Matt last week. Uh, he pointed out he said that someone had mentioned that we've lost three starters in the last calendar year of basketball. And I was saying you don't even have to look at it that way. If you take out the off season and look it's at nine just months. the last three or four months of basketball, not even nine months, the last three or four months of basketball play. I think of a uh, you know again if you just cut the off season out of the middle there when no basketball is being played. Oh, we yeah. lost three starters in only the last like what six months or less between Nurk to now. It's crazy how fast this team is falling apart on injury and, and the rest. And, and the one, uh, but hey, look, there the were one guy that didn't count about is is Powell too. Like I know Powell right, is like, right, but they were expecting him to give them fifteen minutes a night. Yeah, yeah, they, he was expected to be a role player here. That was before he even brought Mello in, which is a whole another question we can get yeah, to. Like, you look at the, you look at the depth in. issues, like as far as injuries are concerned. Like they lost three starters. Plus, they never got their, you know, third, fourth big man a single minute. Like that's, right, not, that's, not one minute. That's tough to overcome, man. And their second big man, Zach, only got three games worth of minutes. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, God, okay. But listen, again, back to this week. We had some positives. Uh, we saw um, 
Dane was going to just disgusting against New York. At least that was a solid one. We had our largest uh, lead of a half so far this season. 19 up against New York. Hey, that's a positive. Okay, that's enough of that. On to the next game <laughs> at Denver. Uh, <laughs> again, I said this month we're mostly ignoring the road games. Uh, Denver was indeed a road game. But I want to talk about some of this. You know, the novel stuff, Whiteside hit a three. Hooray. Uh, I don't want to see him take more of these. I don't know if you guys feel any differently about that. I'm not looking for him to stretch the floor. I want him in near the rim, right? But, yeah, but now since he made one, he's probably going to take at least five more. And it was in his career night as well, his career high, 33 points. Uh, the, the real question I had from this game, though, to both you guys, I don't have the actual shot chart in front of me, but I saw the shot chart for Whiteside and Mello. Both both of them had far more than CJ Ordain. Is yeah. that really the direction we're going at this point? Like, is is that maybe the form of rest they're choosing for Dame and CJ, just giving them a lesser role when these other guys kind of go off, or or is that something that needs to be corrected? Uh, I think that's Denver's. Just like I, I think they know how to take Dame and CJ out. They had seven Taking games of experience four. last year. They took Dame out basically that whole series, and then now they come in struggling, and they know they could basically take away Dame and CJ, and then we'll let Melo and Whiteside beat us and. I mean, they beat them, but they didn't lose the game, so they are fine with that. Uh, I don't think you can go through a game and have any chance of success when Whiteside and Anthony are your two field goal attempt leaders. And, exactly. I, and I and I don't think that you can allow that to happen if you're the Trailblazers. Like, if you want my, you know, other world, you know, conspiracy theory take. This was the Blazers saying, oh, well, you, you want us to get Whiteside more involved? Oh, you want just to get Mellow more shots? Here you go. Here's what that looks like. <laughs> like, they yeah. got theirs, <laughs> and what happened? Like, maybe, I don't know, the offense looks a little bit better when it's run through Damon CJ. And, I, like, I don't think that actually happened, but I wouldn't be entirely surprised if something along that line was taking place. Just as an ex- uh, a game where they can just throw this out there, be like, see what see what happens when you <laughs> <laughs> like they like gave Mello a little bit of his uh, welcome back to Denver. They clearly did it with the Knicks. Yep. Mm. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting to say the least. But th- I don't think they can win a game outside of maybe against the bottom three teams in the league where those two guys are the, are the featured components of your offense. Like it's just it's it's not it's not effective because. The, the ball stops there. Like, there's a difference right. between Dame and CJ getting a quote-unquote isolation and Whiteside and Mello getting the ball within 10 feet. That ball goes in there. It's not coming back out. Nope. Like, it's... it's, it's black it, hole. It, yeah, no, it, it quite literally is a black hole. It takes up, like, about 12 feet around the, the, the rim. Just a, It just sits in the middle of the paint. Um, which, like, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have, those kind of guys, you need play finishers, but you also need, like, you know, a, a little bit more ball movement and um, less predictability than, than you're getting with those two. That's what was so beautiful about Nurk's game, too, because he can finish in there. He does pretty well for, for the young guy and still developing at that end of it, but he could pass out. He had a really nice touch and, and a, a court vision, I think, would be the, really the way, the way to put it. But I... That has been a, a talking point this year as well. Our assist numbers never been high as far as the team, but the ball movement does seem to be drastically down this year. And obviously, people like Hassan and Melo are going to be factors in that. Like you said, the the black hole in there, Danny. But does this concern you? Is is this something that is? Is this one of the signs that we have really moved away from 
the kind of the Stotts fence, the Stotts offense and the ball movement, uh, the fact that it's just kind of going inside and sticking, or even when it's not going inside, when it's even with Damon CJ, I feel like there's a lot more isolation play than we've seen in past uh, past iterations of uh, of the of Stotts' system. Uh, so it's kind of twofold. Um, one is that the Stotts fence, the flow motion offense, doesn't really exist because they don't have the personnel to run it. Like they're, it's clunky right now because. Like Whiteside's not a guy that you put in the in the flow offense. Carmelo Anthony is not a guy you put in the flow offense. Like you just look at those guys and like their skill sets are just like being shoehorned into this whatever you want to call it right now. And it's just not pretty, which I'm I'm staring at not pretty right now. Memphis and Tennessee are playing and Memphis is currently shooting one of eighteen to start from, from yep. God college basketball is, is back, it, baby. This is not a fun game to watch. This is just brutal. Um but Here's the thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Damian Lillard, right? Pretty pretty good basketball player. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I would say so. You could say that. So everybody complains about how much isolation Dame goes into. Dame goes into the, I believe, the fifth most isolation in the NBA, which is 4.5 possessions a game. That's the same as Giannis. That's the same as Pascal Siakam. It's less than LeBron. It's less than Russell Westbrook. And almost three times as less as James Harden. And you know who has the best points per possession in isolation in the entire NBA? Is it Mr. Lillard? It's Damian Lillard. Wow. Wow. Weird. (laughs) And then you talk about Damian Lillard, the pick and roll ball handler. And guess what? He does that the fourth most in the entire NBA. And guess who has the highest points per possession in the entire NBA in the pick and roll? It's Damian Lillard. So shut the hell up. <laughs> I get well, so, let me so see. tired of people talking about, like, oh, Dame needs to do this, Dame needs to do that. No, with this team sucking this much and being this injured, Dame needs to do more. That's legitimately what needs to happen. Like, like if the offense is not being run through him in the isolation, in pick-and-roll situations, they're doing it wrong. So are you saying that, I obviously, uh, we're we're just saying that right now Dame needs to do more. But are you saying that Dame is one of these players like Melo or Hassan that is not really built for kind of the the ball movement uh, offense? He's more of someone that is kind of built for an isolation. Set? He's built for everything. No, no, he's this is the thing, and he's running significantly more pick and roll than he is isolation. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah. So I just wanted to make sure. No, 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 no. And, and him, like, his assist totals are career high right now. Right, like, right. He's he's working as a playmaker and a facilitator on a whole another level right now. Like he is doing everything imaginable. And I still don't believe he's fully healthy. Like I agree with you completely. Uh, yeah. Uh, we were uh, talking uh, about this the other week too. I'll use this as an example. How many uh logo Lillard threes have you seen him attempt? And they were all like maybe like early in the season, like first couple games. Yep. <laughs> if he did. Yeah. Guess guess what you need for those? Legs. Guess what he probably doesn't have right now? Legs. Back well, legs and back too. Well, that's what I mean. Back, you, 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 back, the, uh, back spasms just take your legs away. Like oof. there's there's no there's no like consistent lift or like Dame was pulling those like two a game last year. Yep. He's he's like he's literally pulling less than one a game now. So well, it's apparently, uh, something to watch apparently for. back spasms are uh, contagious too because they've gone around from Rodney Hood to Nasir uh, Little when he was playing. Yeah, now Nas was out with back spasms that last game. There's yeah. all sorts of questions with that uh, game in Denver too. People were on Twitter asking about why is Mario getting minutes over Nas because it, the team didn't announce, I guess, till I think it was like quarter three or something like that. Yeah, it was uh, him trying to get loose and it just yeah, wasn't yeah. wasn't going. 
But he said the pain was at a nine. I think Jamie Hudson had an article talking about uh, Nas uh, speaking with the trainers and mm-hmm. told them on a scale one to ten the pain was at a nine. That sounds kind of serious. That's not even something where I would expect to see him probably back in Phoenix either. Would no. you disagree, Danny? Uh, back spasms are weird in that they can just come and go. Um, it, I don't necessarily want to see him back uh, as far as like, well, let me freeze that. I don't want to see him back if he's not ready. But if they get him stretched right. out and, they, you know, they get it taken care of, fine. Um, the good news is he didn't play that night. He's going to have three days of rest in Phoenix, mind you. Um, so, um, you know, he gets some massage treatment, gets some, get some stretching going on, you know, the, the blazer staff gets them all squared away and taken care of. I, I am, if, if they find out he's good to go, he's good to go. And before anybody gets, t- gets too crazy about the whole Rodney hood Achilles thing, it's like he went through the protocols and hood said he felt okay. Like if, if anything, as far as like injury prevention goes, like I'll just say this about the hood Achilles. If a player says he's good to go and he passes the protocols and he goes through warmups and he feels good, well, there's nothing else you can do. The, the the one thing you can maybe consider going forward is maybe we don't know as much about the Achilles as we'd like to. And that, you know, maybe some more work needs to be done in, in that domain as far as sports medicine is concerned. So that's that's my little rant on uh, on people like losing their mind over Rodney playing in that game. Well, that, that's fair, but I think I, I think the same way that we were seeing with Nas, uh, as far as just the communication and fans freaking out because they didn't know why he wasn't out there playing. Yeah, I think what was strange about Hood uh, is that no one really heard too much about his Achilles being sore the game before until that game where it actually where he ruptured the Achilles. Uh, mm-hmm. What game was that? I can't remember. It, the, it's the hindsight thing. I think the problem yeah. is that fans are feeling like they're not hearing about this until after the fact, and that's understandably frustrating, right? Yeah, it, it, it was put out that he, you know, he came out uh, post game that he, he had come out of the game um, because of a sore Achilles. A sore Achilles. Yeah, yeah and, it was, it, and everybody's like, oh, you know, it was just a precautionary thing. Like, it, you know, make sure he's good. And they had the game in hand. No big deal, you know. Yeah. And yeah, you, you can't be too careful with them. Obviously, these guys are athletes. They are there to play. It's it's strange when, uh, a strange situation. But look, the good news is Hood had successful surgery. I think it was Wednesday earlier this week. And Dan, you're talking about learning more about the Achilles uh, and just kind of the sports medicine. The surgery was performed by the same doctor, uh, Dr. Frickell, that performed Wes's uh, Achilles surgery. That came out and pretty Wes well. Matthews. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's been a... He's, Let's let's not say that Wes Matthews has ever returned to the same Wes he was before, but he certainly has brought his career back. He's been doing pretty well on it. He's, yeah. He's in real well in Milwaukee right now. And yeah. that's, that's the thing. I don't think you can use Wes Matthews as a measuring bar for quite literally anybody in any circumstance anywhere on this planet because Wes is an <laughs> absolute fair. freak. Like, yeah. when people talk about uh, a college prospect coming to the NBA and quote-unquote developing a jump shot, which never happens... Unless you're Wesley Matthews. Like, Wes could not <laughs> shoot to the point where he was not played in fourth quarters for the Jazz. So he goes to Hornacek, the assistant coach at the time, and goes, I need to learn how to shoot. I need to be on the floor in fourth quarters. He badgers him so much that Hornacek finally relents and spends, like, hours upon hours upon hours with Wes after every game, after every practice, until Wes is finally goes from not... Not being able to hit anything to a 40% three-point shooter. And all of a sudden, they have no choice but to play him. 
And then you look at Wes in his career in Portland. Can't handle the ball. All of a sudden, he's hitting step-back jumpers. Can't post anybody right. up. Now he's posting up James Harden and abusing him in the post in the playoffs. You know, can't finish at the rim. And all of a sudden, he's taking guys off the bounce and finishing oh. at the rim. It's like... I miss Wes Matthews so much. He's, now you just keep talking about yeah, him. Listen, oh. Let's think. Like, Wes blows his Achilles. He's never going to play again, you know? Wes comes back, and now it's like, oh, he's on his, what, second, third team now yeah. as, as far as, like, being a successfully good player. Yeah, Wes yeah. Matthews you can never use as a measuring stick because he is unlike any other human being on this planet when it comes to will, dedication, desire, and work ethic. Like, that man is just a freak. What about Marcus Cousins? He uh, he popped his Achilles and then he came back and he's a way bigger guy. What he was back in less than a year, right? Nine yeah, months, ten months. Yeah, but what, was his a fully ruptured? I, I don't know if it was fully ruptured. Yeah, I, think, I feel like his was popped. You said the word popped, and I feel like yeah. I remember that with Cousins, but I didn't. I heard ruptured with uh, with Hood for sure. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Hood's ruptured. ruptured and Wes is ruptured. KD's is ruptured. Like when you get the full ruptured and not to be gross, but yeah. it, it rolls up like a curtain. Yeah, um, yep. that's yep. That's that's a year. <laughs> that, like, yep. that's the, that's the baseline, you know. It's like, yeah, especially no, for that's... somebody who's moving like Hood, he's really like with those jab steps. He's like mm-hmm. he's really like always leads off those legs and the, everything. The, the, the quick, quick, so yeah, the quick twitchiness well, that, stuff. That play yeah. itself too. Like Hood was a uh, he was near parallel with the court man. He was down in like sprint mode when that happened yeah. too. It was brutal. Uh, well, again though, back to the successful surgery. We did have the same doctor uh, that Wes had, so you can take from that what you will, and at least you, at the very least, you can say it is a, a good, a doctor who's caught up on good modern medicine, someone who's up with probably the latest uh, techniques and such, so you can hope for a less invasive procedure and a speedy recovery. Hood did put something out on Instagram. Uh, let me just read this quote real quick. It was with a picture of him taking a free throw, just kind of the idea probably of him working his way back. He says, from the bottom of my heart, I would like to thank everyone who sent prayers up for me. Today was a successful surgery, and I'm excited about this process. Every text, call, post, edible arrangement, etc., meant the world to me. The support has been unreal. One thing I've never done is ask why. I know I'm built to get through this. All, positives, all positive vibes this way. Okay, here's the thing. Edible arrangement. Did either of you guys hear that in there? Oh, yeah. Every text, call, post, edible, arrangement, etc. So, I don't know about you guys, and I'm, I'm sure Hood gets lots of fan mail and the rest, but how many edible arrangements do you have to get to compare them casually to the thousands of text calls and posts that are happening to, uh, on social media, right? Like, is there some, like, what kind of edible arrangement are we talking about? Like, is this, like, uh, is this something maybe a little... Uh, some some weird fruits and pineapples thing, or is this more of like Pacific Northwest edibles, nope. like some you know, modern no painkillers? <laughs> I got no hoodie, comment. Hoodie's from down south, man. Maybe somebody said I'm like a barbecue edible arrangement. Oh, there we go. <laughs> little little ham on a stick, a little brisket on a stick. You know, that's, that's, that's oh. my little corn on the cob on the stick. I, I'm, I'm, that's my kind of edible arrangement, man. See, that sounds good, man. I, I could I could see that, but I'm I'm telling you, I think this was some coded message in there. I think he's getting some uh some nice northwest uh painkillers, some edibles from around the area that are <laughs> are uh, only available up here in in Oregon and the rest. Hey, but, uh, listen, good for him. Major League Major League <laughs> Baseball has, right. has removed yes. marijuana from their not banned substance list, but like drugs of abuse list. Yeah. So yeah. it's and then they're focusing st- on opioids more, is that right? Opioids and uh Amphetamines, I think, is what it was. Yeah, it was amphetamines, yeah. yeah. Which so, is smart. News, those, there's people abusing the crap out of those. those. Those are the things that are killing people right now. So Yes, yeah. those are drugs that hurt people, not marijuana. The props oh, yeah, to the nice, baseball. Uh, stepping off the podium before we get too far on that one. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> let's talk about, uh, I'm sure you both saw Nurk's shirt the other night in Denver. 
Kick him in the shin. Kick him in the shin. My God. Does anyone have a troll game better than Nurkic in the NBA right now? Uh, this shirt's even the, the Russell Westbrick shirt. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones last year, man. He has had just a whole sequence of starting all the way back to when he had his girlfriend's face printed huge on his shirt. Right? Well, I don't know if that I one guess. was his choice. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one might have been his lady. Like, hey, no, 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 no. You, you You're wearing all, this tonight. You can all have your Nurk fever, but the only one of us is getting, is getting the real fever, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, listen, besides the shirt, though, the shirt game is strong with them. Uh, but Nurk and Zach are both traveling with the team on this road trip. We heard word from Casey that uh, not only did he see Nurkic there, but he saw Zach at the Starbucks. So they're, both of our injured bigs are traveling with the team. Even if they're not coming back soon, that is at least good news to hear them keeping with the team, keeping Out morale about, up, kind of yeah. keeping the chemistry going. Yeah, yeah. And, and Nurkic was running again. the stairs at uh, on Denver. I mean, that's just positive to see that he's putting weight on the leg. He's able to run upstairs. I mean, that's not that's easy a, to do. That's so. a huge, huge thing, especially for uh, a guy that big. Yes. Um, right. Not, not, not to like link it, but like for those that don't know, I had a similar injury. Um, and, and I am not to blame for that, despite <laughs> it was the, after you and I played some pickup basketball. You cannot blame me for that. Just getting that legal disclaimer in there. <laughs> no, the, the, uh, no, my left leg is pretty much destroyed. So, um, I, I've been through the 18 month like recovery process that comes along with that. Um, and it's and to see him running stairs at that size right. is a very, 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 very good sign. Um, that's, that's a signal that he's probably going to be doing basketball activities within the so, next probably Two weeks, three weeks, I would assume. I would assume he's starting to do non-contact stuff. Uh, he's already shooting. Um, right. So, so let me uh, set the table here. Oh, what's up, Ty? We have that over-under set for uh, his oh, return date. What do you... That's right. I don't remember what it is, though. Let me go look this up. We haven't seen our over-unders in a while. Uh, gosh, we got to go do a research update on the seven-footers, too. How many seven-footers have lost that designation this season with the new height thing going on? Uh yeah, the over-unders for Nurk, though. I can't remember exactly where that was. Oh, here it is. Nurk's return date. The over-under was March 1st. I was saying he'll be back before March 1st. Ty, you and Varun were saying he's back after. Uh, he will be you know, we, back likely before that. Just squeaking Danny's it out. saying before? Just squeaking it out. Um, obviously, the trade deadline's February 7th, and the Blazers wind down into the All-Star break at February 12th, where you get nine days off. And then the Blazers come back from All-Star break Friday, February 21st against the New Orleans Pelicans. And they have the Pelicans, the Pistons, and then the Celtics. Three games, each with a day off in between, at home. That sounds like a pretty nice so landing spot. If you're, if you're targeting a particular time uh, of when they would come back, that's likely the point that that Nurk makes his first return uh i can see that happening i, I can see that lining up and we did hear from uh is it shams or shams shams and shams so for those that don't know shams is 100 percent getting that information from uh rich paul who is now for yusuf nurkish's david because ah, nurk signed okay, with clutch okay. so uh if shams is saying that nurk's expected return is february 
That's because Nurk's expected return is February, according to Rich Paul, according to Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so so take that spin with it what you will. There's definitely some uh, there, there's some bias there. It's not like you're hearing it from the team yeah, itself, yeah. I guess, is what you're pointing out, Dan. Yeah, yeah it, but I would... I would assume, like, if you had to add, if if you had to force me to pick a date, February twenty first is the date that I would land on and and bet a pretty substantial amount of money. Put it that way. I like well, I like I that can. date. That's before March first, so that puts <laughs> it on my side of the of the over under bet. I like that. Although Ty, I feel like you're probably doing pretty well with some of the other ones, like that seven footer one. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. I we'll know I was very... I did say they would be very patient with Nurk, even if he did came back. I would say they were going to take their time because he's young. He's got... They're not going to rush him like, into anything. Yeah. Right. Like, right. If, if there's a yeah. Especially if they're twinge, losing still. Yeah. It, 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 listen, here's the thing. I, this is not anything that I have from anybody. This is just my own thinking. I wouldn't be surprised that when he does come back, um, that he starts. And it's solely because of getting him into something that feels familiar. Really? Wow! Interesting. So you, you, don't, you that don't, makes sense. Well, I mean, you you get him warmed up. And let, let, let's think about this. You want to take care of a guy. Do you want him to warm up and sit down, or do you want him to warm up and get into a game and get into a familiar situation as a starter? Yeah, and be playing the similar role with similar guys that will be out there with later. That ma- that does make sense. Versus if he was coming in with the bench unit, where maybe he seems like he'd be more naturally relied on to be the the offensive strength out there. Or something yep. like that. Okay, I can see that. But but you are still sticking with that. They're going to be easing him back, right? Like, yeah, I, I still think he only plays fifteen minutes his first week. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, well, only for his first week. You think his minutes I, go up that quickly? I think they they let <laughs> it go for a week and they go, "How you feel?" And if he's if he's you know, working his way up and feeling better and his conditioning's good. Okay, we'll go 18 to 20. And I think it'll, I think it'll, they'll take it just game by game, week by week. I, I think there's a plan for uh, his minutes to go up. But if there's any possible setback, if there's any twinge, if there's any tweak, if it's, they will, whoop, they will yep. grab that hook and they will pull him out of there. Like I said this on Twitter the other night. He is the second most valuable Blazer on the in this franchise. It's Dame, then it's him. It's not a shot at CJ, but what Nurkic does for this team yep. on both ends of the floor, he unlocks their ability and their capacity more than anybody understands. And if you've been watching basketball this yeah. year for the Blazers, you should really. I think people are really yeah are like starting to realize how important Nurkic was. I know a lot of people even last year were like yeah Nurkic he's not. Or let's maybe find someone else. Maybe we can add someone else to Damon CJ. He's not the third star. No, I think people realize now how big of a deal he is to this franchise. Yeah, it's it's yeah, Nur- it's Nurk unmatched. Is not just the, the oh, sorry, go ahead. Dan. No, I'm saying it's 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 unmatched. Like it, and I've had plenty of people who say, "Well, well, the Blazers made the Western Conference Finals without him," and I'm like, "Well, did they?" I and this is the, <laughs> this isn't the takeaway from from Dame in the first round or CJ in the second round, but in the first round you had maybe the dumbest coaching decision I've seen in modern <laughs> basketball. You let Damian Lillard go one on one with your non defensive guard in Russell Westbrook for five. And you games. tried to let him go score for score for it with him. Yeah, with Damian like, Lillard. You never trapped him. Never. Nope. Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? He's the best pick and roll guard in the entire NBA. Um, Denver still soft covered Dame until what was a game five, and they started really throwing some some more junk defense mm-hmm. at him. But they didn't account for CJ going absolutely nuclear. Um, Just ham on him. And then the, the, the Warriors like, no, nah, we done with this crap before. Here you go. <laughs> they, they threw three at Dame and said, anybody else? No. Yep, okay. Cool. Back to what worked. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about Nurk though. As far as that February twenty first return date. Uh, 
Zach Collins, actually, he's the other piece that, that we said was traveling around the team. We don't expect him coming back at the same time. We don't expect this to be something where they're trying to load back in before playoffs, right? Like I, he's still I don't, out I don't think probably he plays this season. right before playoffs, if not. I, I, don't, I don't think he plays this season. You don't think he plays this season? No. Okay, cool. Just just to get that out of the way. Yeah, I, everybody w- w- hoping for that. I, I I genuinely don't. Unless he makes a miracle like recovery, they put they put a thing out like he's out of a sling, and I'm like, I looked at my watch, and I'm like, so he's out of his sling on time? Okay, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yep. I'm just like I, I was like he's not ahead of schedule, so I like. So I, the reason the reason I want to uh, the reason I want to clarify that as far as Nurk versus Zach is that Nurk coming back early, this shouldn't get people back on the idea that we're making a big push into the playoffs like we might make we might make the playoffs but this is probably this is like we said earlier like you were saying Danny this is mostly going to be a season for development and moving on towards the yep. next season so yeah. with that in mind let's look towards uh, a date much closer than February 21st that could have a lot of a uh, uh, importance to the team and kind of like what, what we are going to see on our roster going forward sunday tomorrow the opening of the trade season probably today by the time you guys are hearing this on the podcast listeners uh but tomorrow is the opening of trade season we have heard from neil olshay or from jason quick at the athletic that neil olshay is going to be disciplined and not making any loose quick trades uh this season nothing new (laughs) fair enough i also put out there for the listeners earlier uh with the opening of trade season who are you targeting in trades? Which blazes are untouchable? We had 93% of the votes come in saying build for next year. As far as if the trade is, uh, if you're trading for a star this year versus build for next year versus tanking, 93% said uh, building for next year. So this seems pretty unanimous, pretty agreed upon that we're not looking for a move that is going to vault us up the uh, the, the playoff seating this year. We're looking for something that is going to be good for us long term. With all that in mind, Danny. Mm-hmm. Who do you see us looking at first? Because we've heard Kevin Love rumors. We've heard talk about Aldridge wanting to come back to Portland. Uh, the, the talk on Blake Griffin has kind of died down. We also heard from some of our listeners last week. Someone suggested Otto Porter. We heard uh, suggestions of uh, Andre Iguodala, maybe as a piece that could come in here. I think those might have been more kind of fill-ins for this season. But who do you see it, it would be the, the ideal candidate for Portland to be looking at for a long-term move? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to be the pessimist here. I'm going to snuff out some things first. Uh, okay, do the, it. The, hey, look, the what the do we bring Iggy you stuff, in here for? <laughs> the Iggy stuff makes zero sense. Just, just, oh, really? Just let it go. Do not... Portland is not giving up <laughs> assets for a guy who is not going to fundamentally impact the team going forward. And he, he's not. Like he's, he's, he's not going to impact this team going forward. That's just not What do you reality. think it would cost to get Iggy? You think his price is too high? It's the Memphis wants a first. Oh, they want a Okay. Yes. And that's why everyone's like, well, they could just, you know, they could get Iggy and Crowder together for a first and like an expiring. And I'm like, no, the hell they can. <laughs> they, they need two firsts. Like Memphis is being yeah, greedy. Like and, and, and they, they should. They, they absolutely should be Ooh. greedy. Uh, because guess what? How many teams are linked to wanting Iguodala? A, uh, a lot. Okay. So keep the keep the price high. It'll probably be the Lakers who get him somehow, some way. The they would have to get him in the buyout market. They don't yeah. have the assets. Nope. The Clippers <laughs> actually still do. Fucking Lakers. That's the thing, is the Clippers still have assets, which is insane to think about. Um, if they wanted to give up a young guy like a Landry Shaman, like, that's that's a viable thing if they wanted to add Iggy to, to the team. Um, Damn, yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. They, have, they still have, everybody talks about how much they gave up for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and I'm like, yeah, you give that up for those two, you morons. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Look what's doing. They combined for 88 points the other night. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to ruin teams. Um, hey, Danny, let me throw someone else in here real quick for you to uh, uh, bring some of your to snuff out. Your shoot down if you choose. <laughs> yeah, you're, to snuff out if you so choose. Uh, our card winner last week, Sir Weezy, at Weezy Sir on Twitter, suggested we look at Steven Adams. How do you feel about Steven Adams and the Blazers? Uh, I mean, I love Steven Adams, but it's a hard no. Number one is contract. Number two, you have Yusuf Nurkic. You're, you're not bringing in a center to start in front of or play behind Yusuf Nurkic at that price. Just, and like, again, that's, that's more for a, a deal for this year. And it's just like, mm, no, they, here's what Portland needs. And I'll let people kind of figure this out along the way. Your core right now is Damian Lillard, Yusuf Nurkic. Everybody else is replaceable. So we, we touched on this earlier, uh, and and you were making pretty clear right there, CJ is replaceable. Uh, we, we, we talked about this in the pre-show a little bit. Would you, would you say CJ is on the uh, fully available as on the trade box and when they are looking to move, or someone that is just maybe could be available if the right person is offered from another if team? If the right person is offered, I bet you Portland would be likely to make a move. But not they're not actively shopping him around. I, I don't believe so. But... Um, I do believe that CJ is more on the table than he's ever been in his time in Portland. Um, but that's why when you take a look at this team, the foundation is Dame and Nurk players need to not only fit the timeline as Neil always says, but they need to match the fit, which means guys like Kevin Love. Sure. You can add Kevin Love to this team. But you damn well better have a two and a three who play a metric crap ton of defense. <laughs> because love isn't going to cover outside the paint. Like, that's just the reality of it. Could he right. step in and play the five when Nurk's off the floor and you have a Zach Collins come in at the four off the bench? Certainly. And here's the thing for everybody who's like, yeah, yeah, no, Kevin Love makes sense. I hope you're not a Zach Collins fan because Zach's coming, uh. Zach's coming off the bench. Yeah, you can't really play those two together. Yep. That's Kevin, Kevin Love's really not coming here to come off the bench. And Zach is not starting over Yusuf Nurkic. So, guess what? Could some say that Zach might be better coming off the bench? I, like, I, I might think just he be... would be fantastic in that regard. I think Zach coming off the bench is a sign the Blazers are in a better position in the front court. That's something I always thought about with Harkless and Aminio. I mean, about a couple years ago, like I always said, like this team won't be like an elite until one of those guys are coming off yep. of the bench and not starting, and they just never happened. Yeah. But that was always something like, yep. It's like a perfect it, I mean, like Because yeah. they, they talk about Harkless now, the Clippers, his defensive you know, flexibility and, and how uh, effective he's been on that end. It's like, well, yeah, you're not counting on him for 12 points a night on the other end. <laughs> you know, so. Yep. Um, it, 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 yeah, and he's looking good down there, too. It, it, it makes me sad. <laughs> well, I mean, when you've got Kawhi, when you've got Paul George and everybody, and it's, it, 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 it kind of harkens back to... The team this year, when you talk about pecking order and depth and all those things because of the injuries, like it's the exact opposite with the Clippers. They have right. so much depth that a guy that's starting in Portland is their eighth or ninth man. Like that's well, that's something that's important to remember for our roster up here too. We've talked about as far as a lot of the guys that are underperforming right now, like Bazemore uh, and Hazonia as well. Uh, I think would look a lot better if they were in smaller roles with this team, uh, with a full roster in front yeah. of them, without having the injuries. Uh, so every, everything is connected back to the injuries. Let's, you know, just Hazonia that and Tolliver have played hey, centers. Like they're, they're, Hazonia and Tolliver have played center this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I do have a question for you though, Danny. Okay, what you got? 
or for the long term or the future of the Blazers. Let's say if one person was going to get fired first or leave first, would you say it's Terry Stotts or do you say it's Neil O'Shea? It's always the coach. You always, I, I, or that's what I would think. It's, I it's, think it's, O'Shea would leave the Blazers first for something else, like the Knicks job all of a sudden, which I don't think they would come after him, but I think he would leave for well, something been, like that. Well, he's been first. linked to the Knicks job, which is hilarious. Oh, so, oh wow. Uh, O'Shea's talk. been linked to the Knicks job? Uh, yeah, uh, loosely, yeah. Mark Berman uh, had <laughs> Jeez. a... Uh, I think Neil, I mean, he just signed an extension here. I think Neil is, is comfortable here in building his relationship with Jody and the new ownership group. Um, I, I Not think, a bad example, but I kind of see him as almost like that character from the Lord of the Rings that took over. Um, I can't remember <laughs> the dude's name, but he, but like he was kind You're of talking the about lead. Rowan. You're talking about the, the, uh, in, in the town of Rowan, the, uh, yeah. the horse town. I feel right? like Olshay can almost do that with Jody Allen. Like he can eventually like, <laughs> I know a lot about basketball. I know a lot about things and can like speak into her hair to like to really get what he wants out of the place. So I'm the not throne. saying he would do that, but <laughs> I might be a really bad person for thinking like that. But for some reason, I think of him and sometimes I, I just think of him like that, which is bad, but you know, hey, I mean, I it happens. That character's like, name. I understand people have their, their views of Olshay. I have mine. Um, I thought his exit interviews last year after the conference finals were the best that I'd ever seen from him. And I hope that, you know, that we were going to get more of that guy. And then we didn't. And I was disappointed. <laughs> like he, he was, he was honest as, as could be in the, in the most direct I'd ever seen him in those exit interviews. So um, I think when he's like that, he's certainly much more likable. Um, and much more, I'm trying to think of like the right word, um, kind of a, a bit more relatable, like a little more Daryl Morey esque, mm-hmm. like, like being like, Hey, you know, we, we made some mistakes in 2016. We tried to change things up. Look where it got us. And it, obviously yeah. success breeds the ability to be able to talk that frankly. Um, right. but, and the thing is like, I'm not killing him right now for this season. Like, because I, I came into this season with the whole idea of, like, they'd still need to make moves. And so as far as, like, making moves go, I'm not going to sit here and, like, beat them up unless they completely crap the bed as far as, like, making moves between now and the trade deadline. Um, let, let's talk about the one that everybody wants to talk about because it, it's, it's out there, and that's Kevin Love. For everybody who doesn't know, Kevin Love has wanted out of Cleveland. Like for, for a little while now. And that's why you've seen some of this infighting. It's why if you read The Athletic, you can read Joe Varden's piece on Beeline. And guess what? You know, you can figure out who the sources are on that article pretty damn quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not exactly a secret around the NBA right now. Um, the whole thing about him preferring to come to Portland, I don't know about that. Um it's good for headlines. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's more <laughs> leverage. I think it's more leverage than anything else. Um, but I will say that the three teams that. But what leverage does that give them to say he prefers Portland? Doesn't that no. take away leverage because it would make us want to offer less? Be like, look, he wants to come here. We don't need to give up. That, that is leverage. It's leverage on the Cleveland front office to get a damn deal done. Oh, oh, leverage uh, from love on. Yes. Okay, that makes more sense. So, Thank you. Um, I think there's three teams that are competing for love services and, and waiting for the price to come down significantly. One of them is the Blazers, who have legitimate concerns and worries about his health. That's that's the major sticking point from what I understand. The other two teams are Phoenix, which he would fit really well alongside uh, DeAndre Ayton and uh, 
Kelly Oubre and Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio that would be a team that you have a little bit more flexibility and obviously Aaron Baines is a guy that has played really well so far this year so they have a nice little three-headed monster in the front court not a ton of defensive mobility but I think they're also a bit more of an athletic team and they've got bigger contracts like Tyler Johnson's to offer up as well as assets like Bridges or Oubre or Sarich um and then you look at a team like Miami uh, Justice Winslow is a guy that's certainly sought after. They've got the ex, you know expiring deals of Goran Dragic, James Johnson, uh, a bevy of picks to work with. Uh, I can tell you one thing: they are definitely not considering giving up Tyler Harrow or, or Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> so those guys are <laughs> off the ballers. block. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah they they are playing incredibly well. But I mean, you think about it: they've got Bam Adebayo, who could play yep. effortlessly alongside Kevin Love. And Myers is down there playing incredibly good team basketball. Like he, I think he's last I checked, he was number one in the league in three point percentage. I mean, you could you could legitimately have Myers and Love out there with Harrow, and you could have three absolutely monster three point shooters at the, on the floor at any and given Jimmy time. Butler. Yeah, that's what I mean. You're going to let Jimmy play in between oh. those three guys. Damn, yeah, that could be so, so that could be vicious. It sounds like you see him more likely going down that way than uh, more than coming to Portland. I think the fit is better. Like, again, we'll get back to the whole idea of Portland, the, the foundation of it's, it's Dame and it's Nurk, right? If right. you're bringing Kevin Love here and you have CJ McCollum and you don't have a starting small forward next year. <laughs> you, let me That's say that again. Hard. You don't <laughs> have a starting small forward. And all of a sudden you're like, you know what? We can run it back with Melo. Just shoot me to the moon. Like I, 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 well, you don't you don't want to see Melo uh, give another season. He said he's not here for a he's not, not here for retirement tour. It, he's here for no one more year. It's, it's not about like giving him another season. It's about starting him at the three alongside Love, CJ, Dame. Like yeah, like I. I that's I, a fun two K team. Yeah, it is. But Nurk's gonna kill somebody. <laughs> Stay in front of one person, please. Like, so they've got to address the forward position and they've got to address the four position. Like, they, that's the thing is like, that's why I want Portland to go after guys like Tobias Harris, who I've heard are on the block again. Um, again, not actively shopped, but certainly looking. Um, Aaron Gordon He's been moved around a bit. I mean, like, there's yeah. like five yeah. players who probably aren't getting, or maybe like six or seven players now, like who are just untouchable. And then I think there's a bunch of other players who people for the might right think for are offer, untouchable, yeah. but I think with the right deal, there's they're tradable. Okay, let's let's put it this way: think about the Philadelphia 76ers with CJ McCollum, Whew. him Boy. and Joel and being the pick and roll. Yeah, or Ben Simmons coming off the dunker Ooh. spot like it yep. or Josh Richardson and and CJ running running the team like that's oh, yeah. that is a that's a vicious team that is an absolutely vicious vicious team um and I think CJ for Tobias would probably be about about the bar uh but the thing about a guy like Harris is while he's not the scorer CJ is certainly um he does offer more size and more positional versatility he can play some three he can play yep. some four um, he's a shooter. He can attack off the bounce. Um, then I think if you get a guy like that, maybe you can handle having a Kevin Love. And then if you can give up your expirings plus a pick and get a guy like a Robert Covington, 
then uh, then, Probably 10 out of eight. then you're cooking with gas. Mm-hmm. Now, now you've got some some positional flexibility. Now you've got some some things you can work with. Uh, I, I I'll put it this way: Otto Porter Jr. is a very good player. Otto is a very very good dude. Uh, Otto is his motivation is to win. If Portland made moves to get in a serious competitive advantage, Otto could consider Portland pretty quickly. If they made moves that made sense, he could consider it. But Otto is a guy who's not motivated by necessarily money and is looking more for a win-now kind of situation. So if he gets out of Chicago, he's he's looking for a winning situation. And if Portland made the moves necessary to line that up, I think it would be something he would consider. But here's the flip side of that: Portland's not going to go move for a guy who doesn't have a year, doesn't have extensive years left. So I, I don't see Otto happening. So yeah, they can't um, lock him down. Yeah, without a without a, a, a you know a guarantee. Um, so it's it's one of those things where it's it's a situation that just doesn't work. Um, I think that covers most of the guys that have been linked. I still think Portland. Well, I, I didn't really hear you mention Alders too much. You oh, sorry. Kevin there Love, we go. I still think Lamarcus is number one. You think he's number really? one? Really? Okay. Yes. Wow. I, I think Lamarcus is number one because he's ready-made fit. You don't worry about the injuries. He knows the system. He knows how to play off game. He knows how to. He knows how Stotts wants to run a team. How to run the offense. They know where Lamarcus wants the ball. He knows the city. I mean, like. You can't, and we're still talking long term, not just not just this season. We're talking as a long term yeah, yeah. to get him back up here. Yeah, you think that's the one to go with? I, I think that that's the one that they're looking at the most. And then for him, though, I mean, what are the Spurs going to want for him? From what I understand, I, the Spurs are looking more for cap relief than anything else right now. I, I don't think it's going to cost an, an a, a ton because between DDR and Lamarcus, it's like what fifty plus million dollars they have committed. Yeah, and if they can get off that and plus like pick up like a young dude like a scal or something like that, I think they'd be I think they'd be okay with that. So cap relief, I mean like expiring contracts, I think gives some cap relief. I feel like Portland has loads of that yeah. right now. It's yeah, definitely, uh, an I could, asset we could. Uh, I could see Hassan Whiteside and Scal um, being. Imagine Hassan with Greg Popovich. That's the fun part. <laughs> you, you, yeah. right, that's what I'm thinking right now. Well, but again, the point here is if they're looking for cap relief, they would like he would be pu- he would be a spur for all two of months like today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's but it's with Lamarcus, he's thirty four, right? He's mm-hmm. and he's yeah, yeah. yeah think well, about okay, that. so that's a good point. Though. You he got two really years out of him, and I still think he gives you eight, seven, eight. Okay, man, I'd be I down agree. for Lamarcus. I'll just come back. Yeah, that's something I know a lot of people are like, nope. But I, I'm like, dude's a good basketball player. Yeah, shoot he, those he people to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. I mean, I've had my issues with it for a while, deal, or at least when he when he first left, I didn't like the way he left. I think, as far as the the fan perspective, just the the, the again the lack of clarity, the lack of sincerity, whatever. I'm not going to go as far as dishonesty because we all know it's a business mm-hmm. and all the rest of that kind of thing. But yeah, at this point, man, I feel like he has kind of grown a bit. He maybe realizes what he's missing back here in Portland, and yeah, I'd be I'd be down to see it. And like you said, the idea of having a a dame when it sounds like as well, we mentioned earlier, CJ would be on the block, but it sounds like the idea would be that we could get Aldridge without having to give up CJ. You think that could happen? Spurs wouldn't be pursuing him? 
uh, Lamarcus for CJ? That's the well, not not just straight up. I'm just saying you don't think if Spurs were if they knew that we wanted Lamarcus back, you don't think they'd be like, hey, how can we get CJ involved in this deal? I mean, sure, if they want to give up like you know Dejounte Murray, <laughs> you know, like hey, that, I, that, I guess that's a fair point. Yeah, that doesn't really help them. With it would have to be a three way deal, and um, I don't know. You could throw in a team like Boston, and maybe you can make something work there. Um, and look, I'm not trying to say I want CJ out either. I, I just wanted to get back to the idea of if we were really talking about a, a core of, uh, in no particular order, Dame, CJ, Aldridge, Nurk, that is a fantastic core. And then mm-hmm. all you got to do, like you said, Danny, is find that wing, find that starting three. And hey, and look, CJ gives you a lot. I mean, like for him, like he's someone you could probably get maybe two or three just good role players or you have a trade. Yeah, you can get some good players coming back for CJ. If CJ got traded, I would assume, number one, he would go to the East. Number two, it would be to like, Philly or Boston or Orlando, like one yeah. of those one of those three teams. Those are the three teams that I think would use him and need him uh, best. So all three of those teams have wings too. So that could, hey, that could be something to watch you're for. picking up when I'm dropping for you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that's a good point to make. Is he's definitely not getting traded to like a Western Conference team. The, the likelihood it's, like the of, price is really high. Yeah, yeah, the likelihood of that is very very small. Um, I will say this, and this is just me kind of blowing smoke. Baby Sabonis would look really good in Portland. Oh, man. How about that legacy? Like, fans would love that to see Sabonis, to see a Sabas jersey back in Portland. That'd be amazing. Where is dad's number? Oh, my God. His numbers right now are incredible, too, what he's doing out in Indiana. Yeah, I, I threw that out there on Twitter, and somebody replied with, he's basically just a more refined Zach Collins. And folks... I'm gonna Yo, that's a different game. <laughs> folks, Baby Sabonis is averaging 18 and 14. It, wh- 18 and 14 average this year? Yes. Really? Yeah. 18 and 14. Jeez. I think like almost four assists a game. And he's shooting a super high percentage, isn't he? Yes, he's shooting 51% from yeah. the floor. Well, and, and you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned the assist. Like That's some of the clips that I've seen, man. His passing is something to, something to watch. Yeah, it's impressive. You, you might have heard of his dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he is. Oh man, that would be, be cool. He is balling his brains out. Um, but listen, like I can see him playing alongside Nurkic. He's clearly much younger at 23 than than any of the other guys we've talked about. So it would cost significantly more. Um, but he's a guy that I I really 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 like. I could see, man, that'd be nice to. You, you see him as a four, right? Oh not a, yeah, he's not a wing; he's more. Well, I mean, forward. no, yeah, no, he's a four, and he could he could slide two to five, like he could be the same same right. way. Um, you know. So again, we would run into that issue with uh, with he and Zach being able to play together on the court, maybe uh, taking Zach well, out of the starting role. Probably. Here's the thing: if 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 it were gonna go down, Zach is included in that trade. There's no way that he's not. Ah, there's there's just no the, way that he's not. They want a young big coming back, is what you mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that um, very rarely do you see small for big traded, unless a team has a just a, a litany of bigs. Sure. So okay. it's usually a big for big, because you you, that makes sense. you need the body. But yeah, well, hey, that, uh, that's just entirely me just spitballing. So. No, no, no. Hey, that's what we're here for, man. Spitballing away. Uh, but Danny, man, I just looked up at the clock. We've kept you here for an hour, dude. This uh, this just gets rolling so quick and easy. Thank you, man. Thank hey, you for coming on. Anytime, man. Before I, I let you go, it. before we uh, get you out of here, I was going to ask if you have been uh, paying attention to the Trailcasters Fantasy League that you are a part of, Mr. Danny Moran. Yeah, I know. I, it's Things are not going well for me. 
Hey, hey, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't saying things are going too badly for you. It's tough when you're facing such a dominant, awesome team like the How Could You Be Mo Harkless. Uh, you know, I just happened to be mashed up with you this week, and I, I, I thought it was a nice time. I hadn't actually realized when, when I had you coming on the show that you and I were mashed up this week. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's. What, what's he your, what's totally your knew that was the case. <laughs> Keith has been living through this fantasy league. It he, was a plan. <laughs> it was definitely a plan. I got hit with some, with some injuries and um, and some underperforming players. Hey, I mean, you've got a loaded roster though. Once the once it turns around, you, I see De'Aaron Fox on there. Stephen Adams, we're talking about Lebr- uh, certain LeBron James. You may have heard of before, Ty. Yeah, I've heard. But of yeah, uh, it's it's been fun, man. It's been an interesting league. Doing oh, Keith, real quick, maybe hey, while up? we have Danny here before he heads out, you were adamant the Lakers were not going to make the playoffs <laughs> this year, and uh, oh, whew, you up. couldn't be more wrong about that one, That's huh? a spicy meatball. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm going to hold strong here. We're, we're what, 20-something <laughs> games in? There's plenty of times. For, there's plenty of time left in the season for a major injury or two to LeBron or Anthony Davis. I'm not saying I wish for it. I'm not wishing for an injury. I'm just saying things happen. We've seen it on this roster. Our hopes in Portland got derailed so quick, and it's I'm true. telling you, Danny, you, you can't say I'm wrong here either. If if LeBron <laughs> went down for an extended amount of time, you can't say that Anthony Davis can run that offense, right? No, that, you, that changes you the can't, team. But if, I mean, if, it's the same way you, you you can say that if Dame went down, I mean, it, oh yeah, if Dame went down, we'd be screwed. Yeah. So if if LeBron went down twenty games, you think that team doesn't drop quick in the West? Uh, Their schedule's about I, to get I a whole lot harder. I still think they get enough. They they maybe maybe lose some seeding, but I don't think they fall out of the playoffs. Listen, you guys, they've had an easy run in the first part of the season compared to our hard run. They, like That whole 10-game win streak at one point, man, almost none of those teams are above 500. Oh, here, uh, it's, it's a bunch of Blazers they're facing right Here's now. the thing. <laughs> the, the, as, as great as the Lakers have been, and they're going to get all the pub, Milwaukee is carving a swath through the NBA right Oof. now that nobody yeah. is really talking about. They've won what? Giannis 18 hit three, two or three threes last night. It, they just won without Giannis, too. Yeah, and here's the thing. Giannis is outside the top 50 in minutes played, and they're still that good. Are you serious? Yes. How can they play him so few minutes and we have to be playing Dame 38 minutes Because he's so night, dominant. Man. He puts up insane numbers in like 31 minutes. Yeah. It's just wild. Yeah, that's, that, you know, that's, that's why you see me kind of railing. Like, why is Dame playing 39 <laughs> minutes? Let it go. <laughs> this is the most Dame's, most minutes a game Dame has been playing since his rookie year, dude. This is not the time to do it. Yeah, no, it, they're, and I get it. They're holding on. But, like, if you look in the uh, the leading scorer, you know, the official leaderboards this season, Giannis is second in the league in scoring, and he's playing, like, three, four, five, seven minutes less than everybody else. God damn, that's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. And he's shooting better than everybody else in the field. I mean, he's shooting 56% from the floor, and, you know, I think he's second and he's in the league. He's developing up his three point shot. I'm sorry, no, he's scary. My fault. He's fallen down. So he's second in the league in scoring and fifth in the league in rebounding. <laughs> My bad. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what you were way oh, off. Man. Man. What a I was way off. What a scrub. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh my okay. god, that's that's their lead ball handler. That's insane. Hey, Danny, uh the I was gonna say we can let you go here, or if you're into some betting lines, that's like the one thing we have left before we get out of here. You want to talk some betting lines? I or mean, you, wanna, you wanna take hit me some numbers, baby. All right, Ty, take over. Give us some win loss or tie. <laughs> I hate when you do that, but we'll <laughs> go with it. We'll roll with that segment name until uh, 
until someone we, we, gives us a better name. Yeah, I hear Danny actually here. Help us out with this one too, man. We got to come up with some segment names. I, I've been teasing him with win, loss, or tie for the betting lines, uh, and we're trying to come up with some sort of more likely. Tara, your <laughs> your co-host, uh, came on. Uh, shout out to her. Hey! She came up with. Uh, it was the idea is which is more likely, and she said Wilma. We didn't realize till after the episode that it should be Wimla, like W I M L A, not L M A. So, so we're we're a little thin on the uh, on the catchy, cheesy podcast segment names that I love, and I it's it's essential, bro. I, I need these cheesy bits in here. Love and, uh, it. I mean, I, I don't think win loss or tie is going to stick you, around. You, so you we can, need some help. You can go with, like shirts or pockets. Lose your shirt or fill your pockets. Oh, oh okay, okay. I like where this is going. That might that, creative. No, that, that might fly a little better than win, loss, okay. or tie. <laughs> well, as we get into it, as we ponder these fun segment names, I'll <laughs> look ahead to some of these games. So in two days, they play the Suns on the 16th, and that's in Phoenix. Uh, I don't, I didn't actually pre-do this, so we're going to just guess on the fly. Um, I think it depends if Devin Booker plays. He's not playing tonight or today. Uh, I would think the Suns probably get favored by three and a half points, probably go and start that game. You're giving Suns three and a half on that? Yeah. Oh, God. You and your realistic betting against the Blazers right now. I don't know how you do it. Um, I'm just thinking what Vegas is possibly thinking. Well, but Suns, I have been Suns are not always tonight by two over the Spurs. And that's without, and they don't even have Devin Booker mm-hmm. tonight. So, hmm. That's interesting. So, so wait, so it, you think it's going it to be. It might even be more. Oh, man. I'll leave okay, it at three and a half. I'm leaving it at three and a half. You're leaving at three and a half. I was going to say, if you move that line to five or something, I can sneak in on the Blazers side and just hope it's a close game. Three and a half is close. Uh, I, I, it's, okay, you know what? It's uh, Again, shout out to Tara. When she was here the other week, this is the strategy we took. Uh, when there's a game where I can't bet on the Blazers betting line, I'm just going to abstain from this one. I'm not going to bet on the Suns. I'm, I'm not going to take that bet, Ty. You know, how about this? I'll, I'm going to set a prop bet for that game, for that Suns game. Uh, who has more assists... Let's go with uh, CJ or Trimber. Who's who's running the who's running the offense for the Suns right now? Rubio. Rubio. Oh God, Rubio. Okay, so if, let's say Dame or Rubio. Who has more assists, Dame or Rubio? I'll go Rubio. Okay, I'll take Dame on that one. The, we'll get a pick and bet out of that then. Danny, what do you think? Uh, I I think Rubio is probably the safe safe play there. You guys are you have no 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 Blazer fan. Off I think I, I think Dame might just take more of a scoring role. Hey, he's been, we've a uh, career high in assists, right? He's been putting hey, 11 he's the other been, night. He's, he's been carving people up. Uh, I think that uh, more Danny, than what, anything, that game's going to be about the the overline. I don't think there's really a number big enough that's going to make me want to abstain from taking the over. Like, to, so you're to, you're going on the sun side of that three and a half? Oh no no no! no. I'm talking about the over under for the total score. The total. Oh oh sorry. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, I, yeah. I don't I don't think Just there's there's up. a number out there that would make me abstain from the over outside of like two thirty something. You know. Um, like it's two twenty. Yeah, that probably be the best bet. Yeah, it's two twenty two and a half right now against the Spurs, and I expect against Portland, I'll probably like two twenty six, and that's still I'm gonna look at that and go, yeah, no, I can I can work with that. Like I, I feel like that's the, the, the more likely outcome is that it's a it should be a shootout. Yeah, a lesser th- defensive impact game. You think two thirty is too high? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I think two thirty is probably where it ends. It's probably like yeah. a like a like a one eighteen one thirteen kind of game. You go up to two forty. That's probably I bet uh, under that. I, I, that's probably my uh, word as far as I'd go. Like that's, that, okay, that, okay, that okay. number's uh, just too big. I want to find one that divides us. Set it at two thirty-five. What do you think? I'm still under on that. I, I, think, I think I think two thirty and like two twenty-nine, two thirty is probably going to be the line. <coughs> 
Okay, okay, okay. I'm, let's, I'm gonna set it at 233. I'll take the over. You guys both under? Yeah, I'll take yeah. the over. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll set it close. All right. What's next, next uh, then they play the Warriors, and that's two days later, and I think that's on the road in Oakland, uh, I believe. Yes? Yep. No, that's home. They are home against the Warriors. Um, let's see, Blazers open up. They're probably, nine, they're, they're probably nine, ten point favorites. That's what I was saying. Yeah, it, it should be a big one. It should be like eight and a half, nine points. Yeah, they, it should they probably were, even be bigger nice. than that. They were but. nine and a half against the Knicks at home. So they're, 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 they'll be at least that. But then they lose to the Warriors last time they played them. They did, but that'll be something that they'll look at. But yeah, it should be. That was like the emergence of like Eric Pascal as well, man. I was like, he he's got that kid's amazing right now. Yeah, Uh, he's just doing incredible numbers, and he's killing for my fantasy team as well. So so uh, I'm sure Danny's loving it. (laughs) Had to bring it back. So what do you said in the line at Ty? You think nine? We'll say nine and a half. Nine and a half. Okay, I'm taking Blazers on that. Yeah, give me the big give me the big line for Blazers. Danny, where are you at? Uh, yeah, I think I could take that. I, I, I think that's probably a, a good line to take for Portland. I, I think that they come out and they know that they can't mess around with that game. Do you because think they, the over-under is higher or lower for this one than the Suns game? Lower. The, 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 lower. the, the, the Warriors offense just doesn't have the capacity yeah. to just keep continually hitting. Like, sure, Pascal's a, a solid player, but like they're still playing Jordan Bone and guys like that. So Kai Bowman, <laughs> like so. Yeah, because that Nuggets Blazers game was set at two sixteen. Yeah, and guess who took that the one over? under? Uh, me and yeah. probably you. <laughs> okay, I'm seeing a trend here, seeing a pattern. Okay, well, so how low does this one go? You think? Uh, you say two fifteen? You think that's probably about where the line is set for this one? Uh, Both teams are like. They, nobody can they stop the best anybody. defense. Yeah, nobody yeah, can stop it. So like it's, it still ends up like two twenty. Wow, like two such high scores. Like two twenty and a half. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. normal. Like two sixteen. That two sixteen line from Denver was like one of the lowest I've seen this season. And they were on target. Like after like the second quarter, like I looked at like the live lines, and it jumped up to like two thirty six. Yeah. And yeah. then it, Portland got ice cold, like, and if Portland doesn't get ice cold. It's it, it I have is a lot more money in my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> so the next two days, they, then two days later, they play the Magic at home. The Magic have been they've been an interesting squad this year. Um, I don't know if they are coming off a of back to back or anything or a long road trip. Uh, Jonathan Isaac is going to torment somebody's soul in that game. Oof, he he so might end up defensive player of the year in the next year or two. And for anybody wondering, yes, he's still the guy that I wanted Portland to go after years ago. <sighs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I was so high on Jonathan Isaac when he was coming out in the draft process. And he got, I can't believe he didn't go higher in that draft just based on everything <laughs> his yeah. physical profile, his skill set, everything, his attitude, the type of dude he is. Um, I think. Man, I think the Blazers, since they're home, they'll be the home favorites, maybe f- three, four points. Uh, maybe I'm being a little probably too I down on the Blazers. I would go much higher than three and a half, and that's yeah. solely based on being home. That's what I'm, yeah, that's where. Like that's- which is just so sad thinking about this. Like, I feel like at the start of the season, like you, obviously we were pretty optimistic, me and Keith. Now, like, I think, <laughs> like, with these three games, I bet you, like, we would have had the Blazers, like, maybe even double-digit favorites. Suns, Warriors, and Magic, yeah, this would have been a nice week to look at in the beginning of the season. Well, so, the thing is, the Magic are, are a decent team, and they have yeah. they have given Portland some fits over the last couple of years, um, yeah. mostly Vucevic. Vucevic has just torched them. 
Um, well, since we're on the Magic real quick and we did the ch- little trade, I know a lot of people are on Aaron Gordon. I mean, I'm, I don't I'm, know how I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> You're one of them? I mean, if there was a package the Blazers could put together that got them Gordon and Fournier, I, Ooh, yeah. I would be, like, for those who don't know, who may be thinking that Sabonis is, you know, that we're comparing to Zach Collins, you should probably look at Fournier's numbers, too, and compare them to CJ's. Yeah, so that was actually one we talked about, I think, last year. When we were, uh, last season when Brandon and I were on here talking about possibilities for uh, trading CJ, Evan Fournier was kind of one of those that came up. And yeah, obviously Aaron Gordon, I think, is the bigger piece of that package. But Fournier's not too bad, man. would that be if those two got traded for each other after the whole crepe? Crepes thing. Oh right, <laughs> I forgot it'd about be, that. It'd be really funny if Fournier like left of a, a, like a, like ordered some crepes for CJ, so they were there when he <laughs> got there. Oh man, so yeah, I think Keith will say three and a half for the Blazers against the Magic. Are you going? Blazers favored by three and a half. Yeah, man, I'll take that. I think uh, Blazers need to be start start the comeback trail if they're going to get any wins. I'm not saying they're going to turn the whole season around, uh, but I think we we got to get some of these wins, man. And yeah, this this week is a good time. Do to Do they? Win, so give me that three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this, this this like we said before, man. This team is not. They're not going to fall off that much. They're, they're not going to. They're not going to tank. With how badly they are injured right now, I really do feel like this is probably the low end of it. I don't. Do you think the bottom is going to drop out that much more than where we're at right now? Not necessarily. <laughs> but they're also, like I said, probably one of the five or six worst teams in the league right now, just because of they had zero depth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, hey, tomorrow's the start of trade season, so it could happen. I would expect the move to happen before the deadline on the smaller scale, and I expect the big move to happen um, as a deadline or right, you know, leading up to it. That's that's okay. that's kind of how I would expect that to work out. Like small scale moves, something that's going to maybe help kind of bolster the depth this season, mm-hmm. and then large scale. It, it's or it's even get it's, it's more about I think getting guys for next year. Like I, yeah. I can see them moving on the edge for a wing that may not look sexy, but it's about getting them on the roster this year for next season. And quick thing too, before we let you go again, Denny, uh, just as far as the wings, what what's your outlook for Hood? Uh, do you see him coming back as a Blazer? It's, it's such a precarious thing where he gave up money to come here, and now honestly, I don't see other teams seeing. I don't see other teams having a lot of confidence in giving him a big contract. So. It's possible that he's on the roster again. I mean, so here's the the, the the options, I guess. West got a deal coming off it. Remember, West got a lot of That's money. Good point, yeah. The, yeah. the flip side is, is I think West was in maybe a slightly better position before he went down than Rodney was, um, and I think Rodney was playing exceptionally well when he went down. Um, but I think West had a, maybe a little more of an extensive track record of consistency, and he was a, a bit more of a two-way player. Um, and his value is high. Yeah, and I think Rodney, before he got injured, was certainly on his way to earning $10 million a season. Likely, um, you know, three-, four-year kind of deal. Uh, he has the safety net of taking his option year, which is there, so he can test the market. Let his agent go out there and see what's what's out there to um, figure it out, and then if it's if if it's not to his satisfaction, he tries to get healthy, takes the option year, and you know comes back. And realistically, I don't see him making a basketball impact on this team till probably Christmas next year. Ouch. 
If, if then. Yeah. If then. I, I think that's the optimistic outlook. It was like, well. And you're saying that just because of the, the drastic injury. Yeah. It's just the so time. serious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. And here's the thing is like, even if he is able to recover in eight, nine months, the level to which guys recover after this injury varies significantly. Like, Elton yeah, Brand totally. was a shell of himself. But I mean, like, there's a difference between, you know, breaking a leg grotesquely and. Right. Achilles just takes so much. It, it fundamentally changed Rudy Gay's game. Rudy Gay was an absolute monster slasher. And now he's a corner three point shooter facilitator kind of, you know, hybrid guy. Hmm. Like and and Hood wasn't the most explosive athletically on an NBA scale to begin with. So you just hope that he's that he, that he comes back and that he's OK. Well, he does have the trade veto on, on his contract. And like you said, he has that option year. So he could, I, th- I think the most likely situation is we see him as a Blazer next year, just trying, like you said, to to get back, build up some value. Uh, but yeah, probably not a not a long-term piece and not something that we're going to see a whole lot of production out of. All right, well, uh, with that, we will look forward to the trade season opening up tomorrow. We got some ideas as far as what to expect, maybe something small in the near future and possibly something bigger down the line. But none of it is really going to be turned around this season. Listeners, write in your over-unders, uh, any of those bets, prop bets, any other lines you want to send us. Danny, Meringue, thank you so much for coming on the Hi, show, sir. Time, it's man. been way too long. Uh, we got to get you back on sooner, hopefully, than the than the gap from this last yeah. time. But if listeners wanted to reach out to you on the social medias, where can they get you? They can find me at Danny Meringue. I finally got my handle back, you squatting nice. scumbag. <laughs> um, so. Wait, what was this? Hold on, tell the story. <laughs> so I... Uh, when I first created my Twitter account, it was at D Meringue because at Danny Meringue was taken. And like there, there was like legitimately two tweets from the account over the span of like 10 years. Oh, wow. And so I was like, <laughs> so someone just parked it. Okay, dude. And I looked, I don't know. I want to say like three weeks ago and it was finally free. And I was like, yes. Oh, they just let it go. Nice. It is. It's free. Cause, uh, at Dan Meringue has been taken by a guy named Dan Martin. Which, go to hell. Your name's Dan Martin. <laughs> why, do you, why is your handle at Dan Meringue? You monster. But yeah, no, it's at Danny Meringue. Um, DMs are open. I get questions all the time. So the, if you, if you want to send me questions, comments, concerns, whatever, I, I, I answer them. So that, that's part of the whole, the fun part of this whole gig is that, you know, getting to talk to people about, the NBA and the Blazers and, and everything that kind of comes along with it. Talking basketball is what we're here for, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Hey, anytime, guys. Thank you, listeners. And remember, you can write us at any time about anything, preferably Blazers, but we'll take all of your basketball-related bets, all of your questions, comments, any sort of tangents and thoughts that you want to get down on. We will discuss it. And Keith, where can we discuss it with all the fans at? On all our social medias. They can find us at Trailcasters on all the social medias. Maybe they can they find don't me want at Rip City you- Keith. They can oh. find you at Ty Delbridge. And uh, they can find you at TD Sports Cards. Oh, there we go. I like that. But let's say some people don't use social media. and They'd rather send us a, like a good old-fashioned email. Well, well, Ty, we love those emails, too. And you can send those at Trailcasters at gmail.com. And where they listen to their podcast. They might be on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. For me, I use an app called Podcast Addict. What should they nice. be giving us? On all of your podcasts, we are looking for not one, not two, not three, but five stars. And you can find this awesome music that we've been listening to. It's on SoundCloud where? At SoundCloud.com slash Beats. 
that is what we like. And don't re- and don't forget, everybody, you need to support your local beat makers, support your local artists, and support our sponsors. That's Thank right. You. I don't remember. Oh, you're good. No, you're good. You're rolling. The, the, those sponsors, Envy Adventures and Clearly Speaking. You can find them at envyadventures.com and clearlyspeakingoregon.com. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty, as always. And thank you to ODR for those fat beats and to our sponsors, Envy Adventures and Clearly Speaking, and to our wonderful guest, Danny Morang of Blazers Outsiders and NBC Sports for joining us today. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you one more time. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Sweet.